0: Well, You're feeling broken hearted and your marriage is in strife Cause you couldn't keep your promise to not cheat on your wife And your eyes began to wander and your heart began to stray And you wouldn't need the voices that were telling you to stay It's really a very simple affair But it cuts you just like a knife It's five easy steps to wreck your life Hello, I want to say hello to the Brentwood campus as we begin this new series called Five Easy Steps to Wreck Your Life. And I want to begin by just giving credit where credit's due. This series actually comes from Life Church, and they are committed to making their resources available to all other churches. And so we from the Journey Church want to say thank you, Life Church. So let's just dive in. You know, again, I just want to begin with a very simple exercise. This is going to be somewhat um, a participatory uh, message in a way, as you've already been filling out a poll and whatnot. And again, we encourage you to uh, follow along on your version app with the outline or on the make notes, if you'd like, on the message which is outlined in the back of uh, your um, handout. Now, first of all, I would just like all of you um, um, to um, participate by raising your hands. And so first of all, I'd just like to ask all those who are married, if you're married, please raise your hand. Okay, just please raise it high. Good. Okay, that's great. All right. Now you can put it down. All right. Now here's the second question. all of you who are not married, but would love to be married someday, you would love to be married someday, or hoping to get married someday, if you, if you think that's in your life plans, if God's calling you to do that, would you please raise your hand, if you're, you're not married, but you hope to be married someday. Okay, now I want you to raise your hand, no, keep it up, keep it up, now I really want you to look around the room, look around, everyone at the campus there, no, keep them up, look around, this could be your lucky day, okay, all right, all right, all right, Carolyn, make sure they're looking around, too. Okay, all right. Now, now here's the last question. Okay, here's the last question. Um, whether you're married or not, how many of you honestly plan one day of committing adultery? Now, raise your hands all over the place. Brentwood Campus. Okay, I don't see any hands. You know, I'm glad to see that nobody's planning on committing adultery. Because obviously you agree with God's truth in one of the Ten Commandments found in Exodus 20.14. And it says it very clearly in one of God's Big Ten, we call it. You shall not commit adultery. Which is really interesting because you have all said here, I'm not planning on committing adultery and God says not to commit adultery. Now that's interesting, isn't it? Because when we look at the statistics of our culture, And this includes the church as well. Because no one says they plan on committing adultery, and yet some of the studies that I was looking at suggest the following. That right now it says that those who are currently in their marriages, currently in their marriages, that statistically in North America, actually 22% will commit adultery right now in their current relationship. Okay. However... Another survey taken by, actually, um, uh, nsnbc.com in which they surveyed, um, had over 30,000 respond. The other question was asked, did you ever commit adultery in in the whole time of your adult life? It was 50% who said they had. So maybe they weren't committing adultery currently, but 50%. So actually there were two statistics there that were probably closer to reality than all the other ones. Even though I want to say, though, just, just out, of, uh, out of curiosity, when you go Google this, if you're one of those research types, actually you will find every one of those um, percentages found in some um, study. Okay? Because it depends on who you're asking. It, that's the wonderful thing about numbers. If you ask just about women, women are, are, are surprise, surprise, lower than men. Um, men, men score higher um, men who have make more money score higher than men who make less money. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of variables. So all those numbers actually are real, but the two that I z- zeroed in on was the 22% and the 50% when you look at the overall scope. Now, can we just stop here and just realize this right now? What is happening? You know, at a deep spiritual level, the Bible tells us we have a spiritual enemy whose mission is to steal and kill and destroy everything that matters to the heart of God. And when we read the Ten Commandments, we see things that matter to the heart of God. And one of the things that matters to the heart of God is the covenant of marriage. And yet, we also know the Bible says that we have this enemy of our souls, his name is Satan, the evil one, who would love to lure all of us into the sin of adultery. We don't plan on it happening, but it happens. Satan seductively draws you and I in step by step. So, so in the first part of this outline, as we think about five easy ways to wreck your life, uh, what are now the five easy ways to commit adultery? Now, I know, I, I know, and I have a real fear here that some of you who are maybe watching this at the Brentwood campus or some of you may be watching this on YouTube later because you're going to say, oh, you wouldn't believe what the pastor preached on this weekend. You're going to say, so that's what they do at the Journey Church, huh? Yeah. yeah. I heard they were a little wacky. Oh boy. Here's a pastor giving people steps about how to commit adultery. That is not what I'm doing. I'm describing how it happens, okay? There's no green lights here, okay? Okay, so, so let's look at um, the five easy steps to commit adultery. So number one, neglect your marriage. Now, now, the way you first of all neglect your marriage is you first of all neglect yourself. Just let yourself go. You know, don't, don't shower often. Don't brush your teeth. Don't, 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 don't keep yourself in shape at all. Just become a slob, okay? Okay? Um, the other thing to neglect your marriage is find anything outside of your marriage that you can give the majority of your energy to. So if you love hockey, go do the hockey thing. If you love curling, oh, just curl yourself to death. Um, or, or invest yourself into your, your kids. Just pay no attention at all to your spouse. Just love your kids to death and have no time for your spouse. Or it, maybe it's your job, or maybe it's your hobby. You love snowmobiling? Just every possible minute, minute, be out in that garage working on that snowmobile and make sure you neglect your spouse, okay? Here's the other thing you can do to neglect your marriage. Um, avoid all intimacy, okay? Now, now, no relational intimacy. Uh, don't talk openly. Please grunt at each other when you're having conversation. Um, um, keep everything really surface. Don't ever share your, your, your feelings. Don't listen, and, and be, be like those roommates at university, you know? You just kind of, oh, hi, and bye, and, 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 and just keep it at that. Um, and, and if at all possible, don't avoid all sexual intimacy as well. Um, you know, no sex, if at all possible. And if you have to have sex, just make it as boring, as predictable as possible, okay? Um, and then, um, you know, just, just, just completely neglect yourself in that way um now now that is the first one now step number two after neglecting your marriage um enjoy here's the next one enjoy common interests and form an emotional bond with someone else okay enjoy common interests and um form an emotional bond with someone else so so that means that it, it's really helpful to have an activity that you can do with this other person outside of your marriage Maybe you're on a project at work together. Maybe you play co-ed softball. Or, or, or you know what? Maybe you're even going to the same small group at your church. Um, you know, hey, whatever it takes. You know, just find a common place. Um, and then start opening up. And it's a good thing to talk a little bit bad about your marriage. And especially if you're Christians, this is a classic line that you can say to this person. You can say, you know, I'm really struggling in my marriage right now. Could you pray for me? You know, I'm just really, really, you know, I'm hurting right now. So could you just keep me in prayer. And uh, that just starts to really, um, again, deepen things up. Um, and then it then also finally start to open up emotionally and then that other person, he or she, will start to understand you and she or he will start to listen to you and respect you and then you start to feel emotionally connected finally to someone who understands you, okay? Now, the, the third step to uh, commit adultery and wreck your marriage through uh, adultery is um, anticipate your time together with this other person. Um, now now remember, I told you in the first step to neglect your marriage, you should neglect your body. But when you're now dealing with this other person, this, this now flips. Now get back to the gym, um, do up your hair, put on your makeup, get on the Old Spice. But remember, you are doing all this not for your husband or wife, you're doing this now for the other person. Remember, so you kind of live in this double life. Whenever you're at home, look like a slob. Whenever you're out with this person, look good, okay? Suck in the gut, do the whole thing. But when you're going, now now listen, here's the other thing. When you're going out and you're going to be around this other guy, first of all, my, uh, av- my advice to the ladies is you gotta, if, if you got some stuff, you know, show it. You know, I mean, really, just get out there and, uh, you know, just show it. Go put on that extra cologne, perfume, whatever it would take. And, and men, you know, If if you want to make those connections, don't don't worry about flexing your muscles. Do the other thing. Um, Listen. Write little notes. Say, "Hey, you know, just thinking, you did a great job on that project. You know, really enjoyed playing softball with you today. Just wanted to drop you a little note. You know, and 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 that will and, and anticipate the time together. And if you don't have a reason to get together, invent a reason. Okay. So that's number three. Number four, flirt whenever possible. Get creative. Ladies, I find with the ladies, it's that hair flip thing, you know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but just keep flipping it, flip, flip, and um, it's a, it works, and uh, you know, with the guys, again, you know, uh, sensitive, you know, I, I'm thinking about you, um, also, um, when you're flirting, email works great, although it can be detected, I highly recommend texting, but just make sure you delete the text, um, if you delete the little, I can't believe I'm telling you all this, but anyway, you're going, if you delete the little encouraging message on the text, then you're in good shape. But whatever you do, flirt, flirt, flirt. And we all know how flirting happens, right? It's the extra long little look. It's a little touch on the back, a little touch on the hand, um, whatever, you know, the, the, just, the, the, just the slight inappropriate joke. Um, whatever works, just do it. And last number five and this is absolutely critical if you're going to wreck your marriage through adultery make excuses and rationalize your actions tell yourself well my wife was meeting my needs uh, i wouldn't be looking elsewhere and if my husband just had a sensitive bone in his body then i wouldn't be doing this adultery thing um if my spouse was making me happy and it well actually, this is my spouse isn't is making me happy, and this other person is making me happy. And doesn't the Bible tell me that God wants me to be happy? <laughs> Serious? I've had people look me in the eye and tell me that, and I, as a pastor, have to avoid not committing one of the other. Uh, <laughs> Thou shalt not kill. Okay, um, but look. The most important thing as you're rationalizing this this trip of destruction is that you've got to tell yourself over and over again, you've got to say, you know what? This adultery thing, it's not going to happen to me. I'm in control. I know what I'm doing. Now, as again, as I say, if you're new with us, I'm not telling you how to do adultery. I'm rather describing how it happens. But I do want to say that... I've been a pastor now for longer than I want to now admit. And um, I've seen it too many times now. I've seen people just like you and me. Just good old Moncton, Greater Moncton, Maritime people. People who say they love the Lord, grew up even going to Sunday school and church. Who never intended to ever commit the sin of adultery, but they get hooked and they get lured into something by our spiritual enemy and where they go step by step into something that's incredibly destruct- destructive and painful. So, as we go move on now, I, I want us to say, okay, so that's how we step into adultery. So how do, we, how do we not commit adultery? I mean, this is one of the big ten. If God talks about it, we've got to talk about it. So let's talk about it. Well, the first thing we need to do is radically reduce the risk. We need to radically reduce the risk. How do we do that? You know, the first thing we have to do in order to reduce the risk is we have gotta change our perspective around this problem of adultery. Now, what do I mean by that? See, I think a lot of us, we have this idea that adultery is when it becomes physical. When there is sexual intercourse between a man and a woman. That when that happens, Adultery has happened. And so we go, as long as I don't get over that line, everything else that happens up to it, it is an adultery. I want to take you to what Jesus says in Matthew 5, 28. Listen to what he says. But I tell you, anyone who does... No, it doesn't say does. It says, I tell you, anyone who... Actually, let's read it together. and Let's do it at the Brentwood Campus as well. Anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has what has already committed adultery with her in his heart so what so we got to change our perspective about adultery you see adultery doesn't happen at the physical moment that's sort of the tail end of the train adultery starts with the eyes adultery starts with the mind Adultery starts with the heart, and we need to guard our eyes, we need to guard our mind, and we need to guard our heart, okay? Um, now, now, so those of you who are married, as you think about guarding your eyes, your heart, and your mind, let's just do this little test for a moment, okay? If we kept a video all day long of your interactions with other people, and we showed that video to your spouse, would you be proud for your spouse to see how you behave, If all of your emails and all of your texts, if all that was fair game and your spouse looked at it, would you say, hey, yes, I'm treating other people with integrity and I would be proud for my spouse to see this? Or would you go, "Uh uh-oh, I wouldn't want to see her or I wouldn't want to see him see me talk this way to other guys or girls? What would you do if that video was played? You see, are you guarding your eyes and your mind, your heart. Now, now here's the thing. I know that right now, some of you single young people here, you, you're saying, whoa, boy, these married people are really getting it right now. Um, but but le- I'm not going to let you off right now. I'm going to ask you a question. If your behavior today was recorded on video and shown to your future spouse, would your future sp- spouse say that you were honoring, remember, your future spouse would say that you're honoring that spouse in the way you're acting today? Let's be honest to you, to the single people as well here. There's a lot of people today who are crossing the sexual line of sin with people before they're married. And one way that we could call that would be called premarital adultery. You are cheating on the person you're going to marry later on today, long before you even meet that person, because right now you're living outside of God's standards. Basically, you're building your life on a foundation of sin, that if it's not confessed and changed by God it will follow you right into the future marriage. So, so there, I didn't let the, the single people off either here. Now, Let me give you five bullet point ways of how we can radically reduce the risk. Here we go. One, keep a growing relationship with Christ. You know, the reality is this. You know, we, we, we encourage you to go on version, but if you don't, go on Google, look up Bible reading plans, or just look at your Bible and just start reading the Bible. But here's the thing, if you stay in the Word, if you stay in prayer, if you are saying, Lord, lead me every day, guess what? When you are being tempted to go down this road and we're all tempted in some way or another along the path of life here, then guess what? That's when you're going to, the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you. God's going to grab you. You're going to be able to walk that line. But when you put Christ aside, you are just opening yourself up to just start sliding further and further away. We're going to talk more about how we can slip and slide uh, in, our, in our message next week. Here's the second thing we need to do in order to radically reduce the risk. Never be alone with the wrong people. Now listen carefully what I want to say about this. We have to be wise when it comes to relationships where there is the possibility of sexual attraction. That could mean never to be alone with the opposite sex. But the challenge is that for some of you, you have something for the same sex. So whoever the wrong person would be for you, don't be alone with them ever. So let me put this as plainly as I can. It is not wise to spend time alone where time alone gives opportunity for emotional intimacy and flirting. When you're alone in that type of context, that other person, as good as they may be, now becomes the wrong person for you. Here's the next thing. Never talk badly about your marriage with the wrong people. You know, this is where, again, you know, it's if you start finding yourself talking to someone of the opposite sex that... That you're saying, you know, I'm really struggling in my marriage. It is inappropriate, totally inappropriate, to discuss your marriage in a negative light with the opposite sex, where again that opportunity for attraction can take place. Here's the other thing: surround yourself with strong marriages. Now, of all of you, only if your closest married coupled friends are nothing but a bunch of Wild married couples where all the women trash talk their husbands and all the husbands, every chance they get, get to go out to strip clubs and they're all having affairs with each other. I I want to put this nicely as a pastor, but how stupid can you be in trying to have a healthy marriage? You need Christian friends. You need Christian marriages who can strengthen your marriage and you do the same for them. Hence, why we are as a church now supporting marriage care and one way we practically support it is called Big Night Out. What's the point of Big Night Out? It's a place where you can surround yourself, shock of shock, surprise, surprise, uh, with other married couples, a lot of them are Christian, that you can encourage one another and say, yeah, we can still have fun together as married couples. Let's encourage one another. Hence, there is the next big night out on February 15th, just the day after Valentine's Day. So you probably have a double whammy there. You'll be doing something romantic. And if you don't do anything romantic on the 14th, you can say, honey, we're going on the 15th, the big night out. There's a big romantic dinner being planned. There'll be more coming on that. Lastly, avoid all inappropriate places and situations. Listen, I know that right now we... For, um, for some of you, you're in a business world where, where your manager is a person of the opposite sex and they say, hey, go on a business trip for the next five days and go be in the same hotel. I mean, they might as well just both give you ropes and just say, go hang yourselves. You know? I mean, we know that those are realities. I mean, people go on business trips and then after, after their big business day, everybody goes out for drinks maybe be wiser for you not to go out for drinks and stay in your room and call your spouse and tell them how much you miss them okay how about this one? All oh, facebook love facebook um you know you've got your facebook page and your ex-boyfriend or ex-girlfriend contacts you from high school and they say oh we're just we just like to catch up. I didn't realize that so much has been going on in your life. So let's just go out for lunch. We're just going to go do lunch. Listen, remember that movie about life's like a box of chocolates, you know? Well, remember the other, other statement about Forrest? Run, Forrest! Run! <laughs> Look, when you get an invite like that from Facebook, you've got to pull a Forrest. Run, Forrest! Run! Run! run. Okay, um, here's another one. Um, if you're going to avoid all inappropriate places and situations, um, you know, you've got to say um, you're, 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 you're getting that feeling from someone at the office that they're putting maybe a, a lean on you, and you're maybe feeling some mutual vibes back, and, and you don't know what to do. This is your job. You know what you do? You ask for a transfer if you have to. You know what you do? You ask, you ask to be transferred out of that place to another place. You if you have to, you get moved to another city. If you have to, you quit your job and you go find another job. And you're going, whoa, Dave. That's kind of tough. I mean, chill. Listen. It's either easier to find another job than it is to find another mother or father for the children who are going to be destroyed by that. So do whatever it takes. Be radical to reduce the risk. It's real. Now, here's the other thing though that the, the Bible teaches us to do. It teaches us not only to be radical in reducing the risk, because remember, remember, it starts in the heart and the mind. we got to really be aware of this. But here's the other thing. we got to invest passionately into your marriage. In Proverbs 5.19, this is what it says may you ever be captivated by her love. It's describing the love between a man and a woman, and it just says, may you ever be captivated by, by her love. And that word captivated is, is a Hebrew word, and, and it just really means to be enraptured and involved and focused. Now listen, if you are going... I, I've been married for quite a while, and... If you're going to be married for a long time... Oh, oh, by the way, here's an interesting statistic. Do you realize when most affairs start happening in marriages? <laughs> within the first two or three years. It's amazing. Not, not after 30. Actually, it tails off. It, the affairs happen two to three, four to five, six to seven. Uh, actually, some statistics show that it, happen, it starts happening within weeks. I'm like, wow! That is not being captivated. Listen, if we are going to invest passionately, we have to be captivated. And being captivated means being focused, and being focused means work. The one thing I know is when I work on my relationship with my wife Nancy, there are always benefits. There's joy, there's intimacy, there's a growing togetherness. And when I don't work on that and allow myself to only work on everything else that I find important in life, My marriage suffers. I I can tell you when it goes down. It's when I'm not working on it. You have to work. You have to work. You have to work at it. I don't care what decade of marriage you're in. So here are five ways to work on or invest. And we all know what the idea of investment, right? Investment is not about immediate return. Investment is about you put it in, you let it grow, and you gain. It, it pays off later. The benefits come down the road. So here are the investments to do today so that you can reap the rewards in the years to come. First of all, get transparent. You have to open up and share your feelings with, um, with, with uh, your, your, your spouse. For some of us, we don't like to share our feelings. We have to not only share what we think, we have to share what we feel. For some of you, maybe you have to share more of what you think. But you got to do both, what you feel and what you think. you got to get transparent. you got to get it beyond, it's cold out today. Okay? you got to get beyond that. Now, here's one thing we want to encourage you to do. And I actually, uh, Pastor Carolyn, I'm going to make sure that, I want to let you know this, make sure that all the married couples get a copy of this. One of the tools that the marriage care ministry at Journey Church is offering, you can um, grab this brochure, and this is called a couple checkup. Um, There's a little bit of cost involved in it, but it's a great place to begin to get transparent and say, here's how I'm feeling about our marriage right now. We we do checkups with our cars. We do checkups with our house. Why don't we do a checkup with our marriage? So we're going to hand these out to you as you leave today, all right? Um, the second thing to do to, for an investment, get alone. Now, let me define what that is for some of you. That means you're alone. Nobody else is there. Some of you haven't been alone unless you're in your bedroom at night. Now, let me tell you what to do. You lock the kids up and put them somewhere safe. They will survive an hour without you. Somehow they will move on. They will not be emotionally wrecked or stunted in their life journey, okay? Um, Date like you used to date. Why were you in love at all in the first place? Because you dated. You were alone. You listened to each other's heart. Get alone. Here's the number three. Get spiritual. Pray together. Read God's word together. Join a small group together. Start a small group. Attend worship together. Um, Serve in ministry together. Um, Develop one another spiritually. Here's another one. Get help. If you're in trouble, make an appointment. We have counselors. There's, there's touchstone counseling. There's, you, you, can, you can get counseling throughout the city. Talk to your campus pastor. Find Christian counseling. Talk to me. Talk to Pastor Carolyn. Talk to somebody. and Say, I'll get help. Do whatever it takes. Number five, get naked. Now Now, I'm not going to explain to you what I mean by that. If I have to, this 30-minute message is beyond on help for you. Uh, if you want to give more money in the offering, though, this weekend, because I said that, um, you know, feel free to follow the Spirit of God. Okay, now, here's, so anyway, there's the five things that, that you need to do. Now, now, now lastly, here's the, I want to just talk about God's good news about this whole thing talking about god's good news when there's so much pain and adultery seems hard to believe but it's true there is pain in adultery i i can't help but think that every one of us here has stories they may be very personal intimate stories where we have journeyed down that dark road or we've been impacted by it in one way or the other there is emotional pain relational pain or spiritual pain and and and, and please understand the pain comes because adultery ultimately is based on lies and deception it feels real, but it's not. What is real is at home and waiting for you. And, and, and you've got to be aware that you've got to get back home and you have to honor the covenant that you made with God and with that spouse, and you humbly repent and you do whatever it takes to make it right. You know, that's why this last verse here, I just want to read this last verse about God's good news. Let's just go to the next slide. It's that, that even when we are unfaithful, God is faithful. Even when we are faithless, he will remain faithful. No matter how bad we blow it, no matter how far we drift, his grace, his power, his goodness, his healing is always available. Now, as I said, Craig Groeschel from the Life Church developed this series, and I would just want you to read I just want to read this thought he shared with his congregations. He says, "I was preparing this message and my phone rang and it was a guy that sort of goes to our church. He said, "Craig, I just got caught. I committed adultery. I just told my wife" And he was crying and crying and crying, and and I'm thinking, like, this is weird. I'm, I'm working on this message on adultery, and he calls. So I got him hooked up with the right people, and I followed up later, and I said, how are you doing? And he said, Craig, unquestionably, this is the worst week of my entire life. And at the same time, he said, as odd as it sounds, I think this is the best week of my life. And I said, what do you mean by that? And he said, all this time, I've been talking the God thing, and I've never really known Christ And at this moment of brokenness, I think I know him for the first time in my life. And as we talked this through, all of a sudden I looked at him and I said, You know what? I think there's more hope for this marriage than there ever was even before because now finally Christ is now a very real part of this marriage. Yes, someone commits adultery, and I know that there is biblical grounds for divorce, unquestionably. But don't ever forget this. It's also biblical grounds for forgiveness and healing and restoration. And what God makes new is often better than anything you've ever imagined before. So no matter what sin you're in right now, you can turn to God, let him forgive, let him heal, let him restore. Let's pray. God, help us to see the steps the evil one wants us to follow that would lead us into the sin of adultery. Lord, be the shepherd of our souls and the shepherd of our marriages, whether they're now or they're in the future. And Lord... Be our shepherd where you guard our hearts and our minds to radically reduce the risk and where we stay captivated by our love for one another. And most of all, Lord, may we know your faithfulness in Christ even when we are unfaithful. Heal us, restore us, renew us. Amen. I'm going to turn it now back over to uh, Pastor Carolyn at the Brentwood campus.